Welcome to the family car selling secrets with Doug Sprinthal, Linda Lucas, Andy Brent Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back with car selling secrets. Are you jumping in right here? No, we got to do a commercial, don't we? I just want to make Brad sure. Sean Brian, and yeah. then we just jump into car selling yep. secrets. You can do that. We'll get it done. We'll be right back. Linda Lucas, our special guest with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. There it is, baby. Car selling secrets. Welcome to Car Selling Secrets. We really have to rename this thing because, you know, we did a lot of secrets the the first couple episodes, but there really aren't that many. It's really more stories <laughs> nice. about people that are either in the car business or associated with it. Really happy to have a special guest this week, Linda Lucas, who is a hot rodder. She's a gearhead. Um, she's on the board of the Minnesota Street Rod Association, and their their ultimate event every year, of course, is Back to the 50s, which is it's the first summer weekend in June, usually. It's the 40, no, let me, 27th weekend of the year. Okay. Well, it doesn't uh, always fall on Father's Day. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Linda, we always ask guests that when they first come on the show to share a story about the first car they ever owned. What was your first car? Okay, I'm back up just a little bit. Um, I was the first girl in carburetor class in high school. Okay. Okay. I loved cars. So right after graduation, uh, prior to that, I hung out with cars. I had uh, a lot of male friends and just really enjoyed the car culture and go to the drag store and stuff like that. So right out of high school, I saved up my money, and I bought a 54 Ford. And the... uh, group of guys in, in clubs that I hung with, they nosed, decked, shaved, raked it for me. Okay, now, not everybody that listens <laughs> yeah. knows what you just said. I actually know what that means, but if you could explain that. That's a good that to, point. I'm it's, not, it's not, not raking the grass. It's not like a track two razor. <laughs> no. It, um, when you nose it, you take the hood ornament off. Okay. Okay. When you shave it, the door handles go. Uh, when you deck it, there goes the, the back lock on the key. Uh, and, of course, when it's raked, it's down to the ground so that that was what happened with those um 
at that time in the life with the car culture, everybody wrote the name of their car on their fender. Mine was called Flying Blind because I was very nearsighted and never wore my glasses. <laughs> so that's how I got started into the car culture. Um, I started the first girl car club that uh, was called the Monterey's. I can't say the first, but we call it the Monterey's. So I was dragging out at, at the old uh, Twin Cities drag strip, where is where I'd run my car. Is that what was later called North Star? Oh, I can't respond to that. I'm not sure. Okay, where where was out it? On eight, out on County Eight. Okay. It was out there, and um, then I got involved in doing some stock car racing. And really? It was fun. I. Um, did it up in Park Rapids, and then I went up to Winnipeg. And actually, I'm going to start. I went to Winnipeg first. It was the first time I did it. And the car clubs I was uh, hanging out with, they said, Linda, we have a powder puff. And I went, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. What's a powder puff? And they said, well, we got some gals racing. Well, there were about 30 cars and not all gals. I came in 11th, and I got some money. <laughs> and I got hooked. And so then we started uh, taking my little 54, and I started doing a little bit of stock car racing with it. It was basically on the drag strip. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So was that uh, dirt tracks or, or, or paved? One, or? one dirt track and one paved, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm just like you. <laughs> this is weird. It. I'm going to turn this over to Cassie. <laughs> Go ahead. What did you do now? No, she, Cassie Lynn just found so her mom. So much in common. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she found her Why? mom. <laughs> well, no, I grew up in the I grew up the same way. I took auto mechanics. I, I had, it. you know, a lot of. I had all. I was just talking about this the other day that I have all guy friends because I can't stand girl drama, and I love being in. <laughs> It's a truth. It's a truth. Yeah. I know. Andy, that was close. Tom, let's go. Just, yeah, we gotta get. We gotta leave. Take it. No, we'll turn the lights off in forty-five minutes. She talks about all the time how she doesn't want to have girls because she doesn't want to deal with the drama. Yeah. So yeah. apparently that's a who says that? A Melissa. Oh, Melissa does yeah. too. No, apparently like, that's a thing now. Most of all, all my friends in high school were all guys, and um, you know, my mom always taught me. She goes, "Never depend on a man to take care of everything for you." So. And I was a daddy's girl and a tomboy. So. Which is probably good advice because I've met your husband. He can he couldn't close an open face <laughs> no. sandwich. Ooh, no. there's no. a shot. But like I I took you know wood shop class. I learned how to you know put tile down. I, I've learned how to work on my cars, change my oil, and all this stuff, and tinker with carburetors and rebuild So how did stuff? you two start? I mean, what was... The, and, I'm, and it's probably a different story, but at some point, did somebody say, hey, do you want to learn how to well, set the points on a distributor or change a, you know, well, valve cover gasket or whatever it was? Well, for me, it started... My parents were baby boomers, and my dad worked on his truck all the time. And I just... I thought it was intriguing. So it started off me... Handing him tools that he needed, if he needed a five-eighths wrench or you know stuff like that, and then I'm like, well, what are we, what are we using these tools for? So then I got, and of course he used me because I was so tiny, I could get in all those little spaces. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> so true. I could Good like point. crawl up practically in the engine compartment, okay, and uh, help him, you know, take apart stuff or. You know, so I've replaced valve cover gaskets and all that stuff. This could be awesome. So if there are people that are listening that have mechanical questions about cars, please call in at 612-295-1526, and Cassie and uh, Linda can help you out. But see, I also grew up in the classic car and hot rod culture, too. I used to go to back to the 50s and go to car shows all the time. And as I became a teen, this is when Porky's was still Mm -hmm. on university. 
we would go there every weekend as teenagers. My boyfriend at the time had a 66 Mustang and his dad in a 67 or 68 Newport. Huge car, convertible. Mm -hmm. And we would take those up there and just, and we'd have fun and we would drag race up and down university we weren't supposed to be but no, that's really fun so, so linda Lake street too back what in the day. happened when was the what was the first thing that got you going saying i want to learn how to do this you know i i can't even identify when it happened other than um i'm gonna have to say i have three daughters and you sound like all three of them <laughs> it's, it's the history like of my three, three daughters of my wife is here linda hi <laughs> turtle dove is here we're just it's a good thing because i know that you didn't grow up as a tomboy so you can have a little let me i actually did yeah she did too actually to tell you the truth yeah. it's great to be around tough women that's all i know but i had i had three brothers three brothers who yeah constantly either pounding on me or i had to learn i had to learn how to defend myself so linda's on the board of the minnesota street rod association that oh. puts on back to the 50s and nice she's talking about growing up being a gearhead girl mm-hmm. and cassie is in love that, I know. I'm just catching you up on what's happened so <laughs> Thank far. Thank you. I'm glad. It's amazing with the connection. The timing couldn't have been better. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm smiling with everything that Cassie said, and I have to go back to when you mentioned your brother. Mm-hmm. I had a brother 17 months younger than I was, and um, when I moved out of the house because I was going to get married, he took all my trophies. <gasps> what? <laughs> Sounds said, like a male thing to but, do. You know, oh, boy. This is why we, we march. We definitely have to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> part of that was when I met my husband to be, he said to me, because uh, we're still going out to the racetrack, and I'm still doing this, and I have my hot rod car and, and all that stuff. And he finally said to me, he said, you know, I want a wife, not a buddy. And uh, so it was whoa. like, okay, because he wanted the nuclear family and, the children, yeah. everything like that. So I kind of backed away from. So it this was a lot years. of cooking and cleaning. Was yes. the vision? <laughs> look at the yes. look on her face. You know, look at the, the great apron, look. the high heels, and the sundress. Yeah, that whole effect from way back then. I feel like you and Barbara Billingsley. Right yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, then we started working on cars together mm-hmm. and stuff from there. But yeah, so it, it was high school, and it was the Mean Girl thing, and I I was very involved uh. in Junior Achievement and things that kept me uh, independent. My mom said to me, um, and this is when I was 12 years old, she said, impossible spells, I am possible. Mm-hmm. You can do anything you want to I do. I like and that. I wanted to work on cars. It's I fun. I enjoy cars. So what do you have? What, do you have a classic car now? Oh, yes. What do you have? Um, right now we have a 1939 Chevy convertible. Ooh. However, they didn't make convertibles <laughs> in 1939. Yeah, I was oh. going to say. Yep. So we took a uh, 39 coupe. And I uh, had the top chopped off, and the guy that was doing the work didn't want to do it and did everything to talk us out of it. And we said, no, we want the top off. So it took us six and a half years to build because you have to pay for it as you build it. Mm-hmm. So it took us six and a half years to build. Um, it's won tons of awards, and we drive it everywhere. And, uh, in fact, it's on a 2020 calendar right now. Oh, that's nice. great. So we just got the notice on that in July. But so yeah, awesome. what's the favorite car that you've ever either built or owned? The one we have right now. The Chevy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the Chevy. Al's uh, working on a 57 pickup truck now. But there are so many cars out there. You look at them. I mean, everyone's a work of art. Every person has their own taste, does their own build. I mean, I That's love sure. rat rods. A lot of people don't like them at all, and I love rat rods. Okay, for, for those of us that don't <laughs> speak that, tell us what a rat rod is. I mean, I know, but yeah, 
Well, Tom might not. I do not know what a rat rod is. No. It's pretty much the stuff you grew up with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's taking some metal and, and doing creative work on it and doing sculpture work on it and putting a big engine in it, and it keeps the original patina. And Usually it's on a passenger car chassis, but we've seen them on other things that uh, didn't be on there, but... My wife is from Hastings, and a couple of oh, times in the sure. summer we'll hit the Hastings car show. Yeah, I just love it down there. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. And and there have been a lot of rat rods down there, some like old farm trucks that got the yep. jam big motors in them. Yep. Mm-hmm. They, this, the rat rods look like they shouldn't actually be on the road or right. would even run, <laughs> but they're pretty spectacular. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? You know, some are really good and some are, but it's the same thing with any type of street riding. Yeah. You know, whatever you would do with it. So. How many cars do you get at Back to the 50s? Well, our, our on the 27th weekend of the year. I'm, down <laughs> 27th so weekend I'm of the year. hoping it's the 27th. I'm doing it for memory. That's here. okay. Now, you guys yeah, do a pretty good job marketing it. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> the um, our uh, we've exceeded 12,000 this last year was 11,345. Wow. Now mm-hmm. this is 1964 and older. Right. So, so no real. Late 60s muscle cars. No, it's all no. The... And one of our biggest challenges from people is, you know, my Mustang is 64. Well, they put Mustang out in 64 and a half, and yeah. if they look at the Vienna, it's a 65. Yeah. So Mustangs, we, we don't allow. Actually, I know how you can tell by looking, because if they have the Falcon speedometer dash, it's a 64 and a half. There you go. And if it's a 60, my first car was a 65 Mustang. My first car was a 1964 Mustang convertible with that Ooh. split windshield, uh, rear yeah, so it had to be 64 and wow. a half, yeah. 64 and a half, so it wouldn't Probably. make it. No, it wouldn't. <sighs> no. You're out. That thing yeah, was you're out. But fast. Back to the 50s <laughs> is, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> none for you. <laughs> Get out, Linda. I don't own it anymore. <laughs> so anyway, so. No, I was going to say, Back to the car. 50s is the only place where MSRA has a year qualification. Oh. So we cut it off at 64, and we fill those fairgrounds. You know, people are saying, yeah. can't you go higher? Because National went to 87, I believe. And Ooh, so, no, God. I mean, we fill those here. And it's, it's great. It's great. I, I can tell you how I always know it's back to the 50s. Starting that Thursday, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'll start seeing cars broken down the side of the <laughs> <Yeah>. road, <laughs> overheated, and they feel sorrows. You know, they're driving from Kansas or Iowa uh, or wherever, yeah. and, yeah. you know, something gives out. And they all seem to make it, and you yeah. just pray there's not a hailstorm. Yeah. And yeah. All those, a lot of those cars are the metal so thick on them, it's not going to hurt them much anyway. Yeah. But. yeah. Well, we have, I mean, we have cars come from all over and, I mean, from other countries that have come in for it. Mm-hmm. And really? we have people that come in from other countries and buy cars and ship them back from the auction and stuff like that. So You have an auction yeah. at Back to the 50s? Yeah. We, oh, uh, I didn't know we've that. had one for, oh my gosh, I want to say, I'm going to say off the top of my head, maybe 20 years. Oh, okay. Uh, right now, Twin Cities Auction has done it for the last six or seven, probably, mm. years on it. It's a two-day event, and they sell a little over two million dollars worth of cars going wow. through there. So, yeah, all classic cars. What's the most expensive car that's ever gone at an auction? That I can't respond to. I don't know oh, okay. for that one. They do list it and post uh, all the years and all the cars and stuff on their website, so we do know what the sale price and stuff is on them. Okay. But uh, they're a vendor. I mean, they pay to be there. So, oh wow! Okay. Yeah. People. I think it's so funny because Catherine is a car woman. You know, you've always loved cars. Well. You have. Yeah, I have kind of like specific tastes, though. I'm, I don't like like a certain, like, if it's, if it's a cool-looking car, then I like it. 
I'll I'm show not you really my picture a... during the break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That, that's exactly it. No, it's, it's interesting. Well, Cassie's all excited over here. Her heart well, is racing. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I love car shows. It's a great culture because everybody is like-minded. They're coming together to for the love of they're mm-hmm. pieces of art for me. Yeah, a lot you know? of them are. Because they're, yeah. I mean, they're old, but yet they look brand new. They're well taken care of. I mean, we had, I grew up in Bloomington. There was um, a restaurant called Ch- Chubby Checkers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And just us people in Bloomington, we would just, everybody, it was like a mini car show every weekend. We would just all go up to Chubby's in our classic cars and just everybody, and we would just sit out in the parking lot. We'd go in and have food come out and just, you know, talk and have fun and just enjoy the cars. And that's how it is when you go to... I don't see as many of the smaller car shows anymore. There's still a lot of them. I mean, yeah. from, from uh, restaurants that are doing them to... Um, I mean, Culver's all over. Different ones have them. Um, Mexican restaurants, Taco Tuesdays do them. Oh, really? Um, and on weekends, there's probably 30 car shows every day. Really? Wow. Is there are a lot of... Yeah, it is amazing. I'm sure there's a Facebook group where you yeah. can find them. There are several... Well, <laughs> All right, ladies, we've got to take oh, a we quick do. break, and we'll be right back. Look at you hosting up yeah. a show. How about that? Man. Driving the show. Yeah. <laughs> the calls. Scott back. I will be back. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Vilsky. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. We were back with Women in Cars. Go ahead, Cassie. <laughs> Fire away. Special guest, Linda Lucas, board member of the Minnesota Street Rod Association and a car enthusiast, builder, and owner since early teens, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Now she oh, just shared fun. photos of her car. Yeah. They're just beautiful. I'll have yeah. to get them down to you so you can see it, too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was talking over the break. Um, 
my dad worked with a, a gentleman who found, I, I want to say it was like a 49 Mercury, and it was found in a barn with a tree trunk growing through the bot, <laughs> you know, and it was just, he completely restored it. He turned it into a lead sled, which you have to, you know, body modifications and stuff. That's, you know, no, when you have a normal sedan, mm -hmm. lead sleds, they kind of have the higher doors with the smaller windows. It just has a more sleek mm -hmm. look to it. And um, Billy Gibbons, the guitar player from ZZ Top, makes a ton of yes, those cars. Yes, yes, yeah. Collector. If you want to know what one looks like, just look at a ZZ Top album yeah. cover. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and it. And it he used to take it to World of Wheels. It would be featured there. I, he's had it at Back to the 50s. And it was also featured in, I want to say it was Alan ja one of Alan Jackson's music videos, and I can't remember which one. I Ain't Got No Hair? No. <laughs> I think he still does. He I'm just kidding. Long locks. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I've, I've been around that culture, and, I, and it's a good it's a good group of people. So, And one of our biggest challenges right now is attracting young people like yourself mm -hmm. to be part of that. And so as MSRA is an association of car clubs mm -hmm. plus independent members. So we're not a car club, but we're an association mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. And there are several car clubs that do have the younger, the 20s, 30s, 40-year-olds uh, in it that I like the remnants is an extremely good one. And mm -hmm. um, there's some other ones that do it. Um, but that is our biggest challenge because even though we, all of our members and they have 67s and 72s and, you know, Camaros and the whole thing, the challenge is to keep that culture because what's good, what is our classic will then become their classic with their own age group. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I know more. I worked for Maury Wagner years ago, and he, I don't know if you know him, but he owns or owned Maury's Automotive Group, mm -hmm. but he's a huge collector. He started out as a mechanic in the 50s in Long Lake and became a very successful and wealthy car dealer. But he had a he has a garage in Long Lake that must have 250 cars in it. Oh, my gosh. From pre-war Rolls Royces to, you know, some people are, ni are lucky What's enough to have... What's the address in the garage code? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some are, if you ever want to go, we could, we could go out there with Tom Ryan, actually, and go on a tour. You know, some people have one first-generation T-Bird. He's got, like, 12 of them all lined up. Well, this is the supercharging oh, and liked, all this sort of stuff. I love Fender Birds. But when I talk to him about collecting, cool. he goes, you know, I'm old, so a lot of the stuff that I like isn't going to be as valuable anymore. If you really want to know what to collect and this leads to my next question figure out what boys who are now 50 to 65 years old wanted to own when they were 16 mm. or 17 yeah the problem is i'm in that group now and the stuff that they made when i was 16 or 17 was terrible you don't like gremlins Mustang twos, <laughs> Gremlins. I mean, I grew up in the seventies. Those cars Vega. were awful. I own the Vega, the worst car ever made. Okay, but I want to. I want to tell Linda my my favorite story about your Vega. Oh, four so, cylinder Vega. Yeah, right. That's yeah. what she owned. We're at a Christmas party at a friend's house. It's very cold outside, and one of the people that uh, was in attendance at the party owned a Rolls Royce. Right. So he goes out, comes back, and he goes, my car won't start. <laughs> is this Jump Danny Stevens? Yes. He told the story before. Yeah. I know Danny. She goes out and jumps his Rolls Royce with her Vega. <laughs> with <laughs> my cable. With my cable, too. It's one of my favorite car stories of all time. Oh, I know. They're watching me. I'm like, they're like, you know how to do this? I'm like, it's not hard. Black <laughs> to black, red to red. Well, Boom. that was me going, how do you do that? How do you do that, Catherine? I don't know how to do that. You just do it. Oh. That's true. What right, a great my, story. My kids, because um, 
when my one daughter, each of the girls ended up with a car, but um, my middle daughter uh, was a cheerleader at Hopkins High, and, and she bought a, or we got her a pickup truck. It was like, I think it was a 49 Chevy pickup truck. I stick made him shift. drive a pickup truck. And all our girls know how to drive stick shifts. We taught them to change your oil and all this type of thing. Right. So uh, she is, she and I are going out, and, and uh, we stop at this little restaurant, and um, some of the guys there know her and stuff, and they said, Jamie, you want to drive your truck? You want to drive your truck? She said, sure, here's the key. And I'm looking at her, and I'm not going to say anything. I mean, she's 17 years old. This is her car. And uh, next thing I know, they come back. We don't know how to drive your car. <laughs> they did not know how to drive a stick shift. Oh, yeah. Oh, it absolutely. I never have, and I probably never will. <laughs> I, yeah, it's I, getting harder. I mean, mo- there are very few new cars yeah, that are made with, yeah. with sticks anymore. Oh, I suppose. I yeah. like teenagers having a pickup truck. It's like, you know... It's a, if somebody hits you, you got a lot of cards. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of car to get in the a way. A lot of yeah. car to get in the way. I know. Yeah, one of my, one of, I think it was my second, yeah, my second car. It was a, a 79 Mercury Cougar. Mm-hmm. And that thing had like six feet of hood. <laughs> it was, oh, I had a horrible yeah. car. Oh, no. I remember, did Mercury? it have the luggage uh, straps on the back no. trunk? That Mine. was an option. It was just like. I didn't what have that luxury idiot thought option. this looked good. No, it was it was a horrible car, but <laughs> it had air it shocks. Was a so car. when you would ride, especially on the freeway, oh, it was God. just like oh, uh, and the seats yeah. were so it looked like crap. Yeah, I had but the, uh, mar- marquee. Yeah, I had a marquee. Remember mm. those with, oh, the, sure. with the little weird portal right. windows? Yeah. In opera, the... That's called an opera window. Opera yeah. window. So you can see the opera and, and from the, the back seat. And the padded <laughs> padded roof. So it had a padded roof, kind of Landau top. Landau top. Oh, that's it. Oh, oh, it was. I mean, I the, yeah. I had a lot of Idiots. cars that I just could afford. That's why I bought them. I know. It, might, it, it finally, it finally crapped out on me. I was driving back from Bird Island with my cousin, and all of a sudden I couldn't steer, and I'm like, oh no. Oh dear God. I thought my power steering went out. Well, come to find out, my water pump seized up, and it's oh, all in a belt God. system. Oh, so then great. I literally had to put my foot up on the dash to turn, get my car on the side of the road because <laughs> oh, I had God. no power steering. Oh, <laughs> God. And the only one to turn around and help us out was a semi-truck driver. Oh. He had to turn the nice. whole rig Back around. Back in the good old wow. days. He comes oh, out with yeah. a couple jugs of water, oh. and, and I had antifreeze everywhere. Oh. So, why, why did cars back in, was it, so we're talking mid-70s, early yeah. 80s why did they get like the pacer and the gremlin as you pointed out why did the auto industry do that oddly enough it was because of the middle east so if you remember really? in well it's two things the epa went into law and nixon was president i think it was 72 so they you know we had a problem in this country those of us that are old enough to remember it didn't smell very good there's a lot of pollution and yeah. one of yeah. the things they went after was automobiles to try to clean up the emissions mm-hmm. and, and secondly the uh, the big oil embargo of what 74 yeah the oil crisis all of a sudden the there's lines. this push to make mm-hmm. fuel efficient cars and americans were terrible at it i mean we could yeah. make the coolest cars in the world they were eldo baritz convertibles and they got six miles to the gallon which was cool <laughs> when gas was 15 yeah. cents yeah um <laughs> so when you think about it it was those two things that forced technology innovation in the 70s they did the best they could which was terrible i mean they didn't really have computers and well, cars there they was no technology out, that's back right. then so really, they tried to do it all that. mechanically and so engines that used to make 400 horsepower 
a late 70s Corvette, I think, is maybe a 160-horsepower car from the factory. Really? Uh, a Dodge Caravan today is 300. Wow. So, Why I mean, they, they have they to be so cool. ugly? God, they're Well, that ugh. Vega that I had, that was an, an aluminum yeah, well, aluminum engine. engine. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, and that was supposed to be lighter and more fuel efficient. Right. And, and Linda, that thing, Linda will first... tell you what the flaw with that motor is, probably. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So with General Motors, no. it would have worked, but they didn't put steel sleeves in the piston, in the oh, cylinder walls. And aluminum's a soft metal, and yeah, so the melts. engines would self-destruct and melt. And if yeah. you got 20,000 miles out of a Vega motor, you were doing when pretty I well. When I very first got that car, um, it used to just quit. On the highway. <laughs> I would be driving it all Linda's of a sudden. Linda's very impressed. The engine would just quit. Yeah. And I, my brother-in-law but that wasn't at the time uncommon back then, was working at uh, Hop in Hopkins, downtown Hopkins. There was a car dealership in Ho- downtown Hopkins. Well, Hopkins, Han- well, not in the 70s. Uh, yeah, it was down oh, on, you know, that might have been ours. Was, was it Oldsm- Oldsmobile store? Mm, I, you was know, it Towns I Edge? That was Walzer. It, it, <laughs> Towns yeah, Edge Olds, baby. Yeah. yeah. It was probably, yeah, it was probably, yeah, late your, late 70s or early your 80s. Your brother worked for yeah. Paul and Andrew's dad, yeah. probably. He worked in the body shop. There was a body shop down there. Anyway, so he, you know, I'm like, I have $400. What can I buy? So he's like, I got, there's a car. <laughs> Here. It's 400 bucks. So the thing is stopping this on is the highway. This is technically street worthy. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, and I'm like, so I bring it back, and I'm like, they're like, well, nothing's wrong with it. I'm like. I'm going to die in this car. You have to fix it or get me a different car. I'm going to die in this car, guaranteed. So they fixed it. I don't know what they did, but it stopped stopping on the highway or just cutting out. 60 miles an hour, and so your engine just stops going. That's what, that's what was happening to my car like really? three, four years ago. I thought they would have had that fixed by now. It was a... It was just like a sensor or something that had died. Oh, believe me, my Vega had zero sensors. There's no sensors. There's a little difference. There was a squirrel and a raccoon underneath the but, hood. But I mean, hey, it's still the engine turning off on yeah, the highway. That's very dangerous. Usually, what I would have to do is I would have to turn the car off and then turn Coast? it back on while coasting on the highway. Yeah, I'm neutral, I that. hope. Yeah? Okay. Well, well yeah, oh you had to shift it in. God, how terrifying. And mine was a stick shift, my Vega. It was. Chrysler Baron Convertibles. Uh, Magnificent late, car. Late 70 or oh, early 80s? Oh, yeah. Both. We love that car. Both. Mm-hmm. So okay. they had two body styles. They had the big boat. I had the convertible. And then they had the smaller, which was basically a K car, which was yeah. everything Chrysler made when they were coming out of bankruptcy in the early uh, we 80s. We thought that was one sexy beast, didn't mm-hmm. we? In okay, 1980, <laughs> I believe it was. That would make sense with the Chrysler yeah. convertible. I was working at Capitol Records, and I would You worked get, at Capitol Records? Yeah, laugh it up, Bell. <laughs> hey, the Beatles. I carried the Beatles for like... God, yeah, it would have been nothing years. without Tom. Exactly. Like Beatles wouldn't even exist. But I'm, this is a car that's about six months old. Right, because I would get a new car every year because I got a company car, so I get a new car every year. I'm driving down West Broadway, going east on West Broadway. I take a left on Penn Avenue, and the left front wheel fell off the car. Wow, oh, that's, that's always nice. What was that all about? I mean, well, it just it, the tie rod snap. Oh, the tie rod snap. The, the oh, whole wow. thing. The, it just came off the car and rolled down. <laughs> a lot of rust, I'm towards guessing. Towards St. Anne's School. Well, no, and nobody no, had it was brand new. in that neighborhood. Must have built that one on Friday afternoon right before <laughs> yeah, Miller exactly. time. You had I will one never job forget that. to do. Yeah, just could attach that left front wheel for me if you would. That'd be great. You know why I bought it, though, Linda? Because, uh, or I picked it out. I didn't buy it, but I picked it out because 
of, uh, of the Mercedes convertible and American Gigolo. Remember, it kind of was, it, it imitated that car yeah. a little bit. Well, there weren't very many convertibles then. I think, they really. brought, I think that car brought back the convertible, they didn't it? They may have. I yeah. loved it, it until the wheel fell off. It was for a long yeah, time. It was great, and as long as it had four wheels, it was wonderful. <laughs> when we got down to three, I wasn't yeah. so wild about that it That cars anymore. are great when they're, you know, all intact Yeah, when well, they're run. intact, <laughs> they're that'd good. be good. That's always a good thing. That yeah, was probably misbuilt, I would think. I was going to say somebody yeah, was probably. trying to steal your wheels, and you came out, but if the whole suspension came out, <laughs> no, that's usually a very difficult way to steal a wheel. Who was trying to kill you, Probably somebody from Columbia or one of those other record companies trying to bump yeah, me Yeah, trying to bump you off. Which in, which in those days, when that car was made, they were... Tons of people that worked in these automobile factories. Oh, yeah. The first yeah. time I went to a factory it was a Hyundai factory in Montgomery, Alabama, and this was maybe 10 or 11 years ago. I'd been in the car business for a million years and never been in one. I walked in there, I'm like, Where it's really quiet and there's no people. Yeah. Oh, it, it yeah. Was, it was really, it's it was cool. Creepy. It's not creepy, though. It is, you know, but there are some line workers still. Uh, a lot of engineers to make sure the computers are working that drive the line. Oh. But the sophistication, they they send the car into the plant. It's got, They put the doors on it, uh, and then they start to assemble it, the robots do, and then they take the doors off after they paint it so they can assemble the rest of the stuff. Okay. And then at the very end, the same doors that they took off reappear, and the robots bolt them on again. I'm like, Ooh. And this isn't just Hyundai. I've been to uh, yeah. more manufacturing plants since then. And it's the technical sophistication is astounding. I um, bet. Every once in a while, they still make mistakes. We had a uh, Jeep Wrangler at our Chrysler store the other day. It said Renegade on one side and uh, uh, Moab on the other. They're two different trim levels. It's like, guys, <laughs> oh just put God. the right sticker on and make sure it's the same. <laughs> but you build something day in, day out. Every you know, Joe yeah. from Louisville will attest something to this. It, it's things get yeah. invisible every once in a while, and the inspectors. Well, there's are, still people that have to calibrate everything. That's right. Make sure everything's done right. <clears throat> but I, when I started selling cars in the '80s, it was really common to have those kind of mistakes, where it'd say Mercury Links on one side and Ford Escort on the other. <laughs> oh my God! Now, would that be a collector thing? Yeah, really. Um, I will tell you when we come back from break ah. a very famous collector story that has to do with badging. <clears throat> okay. Really? We'll be right back. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. It's Tom telling you that you can lose an average of 26.2 pounds on the 40-day weight loss program powered by Nutramost. I lost 92.5 pounds in less than five months, thanks to the Sheehy Brothers and the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program powered by Nutramost. And I encourage you to let them help you lose weight as they teach you how to stay healthy and keep that weight off. Take it from me. Having a coach keeps you accountable and it makes achieving your goals so much easier. Let the ultimate wellness and weight loss program powered by Nutramost help you. Schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutramost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, August 19th at Jake's in Plymouth. Call now, 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. 
Study data comes from client-submitted data to a third party for tracking of daily weight loss and progress is new to most weight loss programs. See website for full disclaimer details. Rod Lincoln. I saw the Commander Cody in Lawrence, Kansas on his birthday one time. It was one of my favorite rock and roll shows ever. Yeah. It was 105 degrees outside and there was no air conditioning. When we walked outside after the show, it kind of felt chilly. But he, he was on fire. He was having so much fun and what a kick-ass band he Commander had. Cody. So here's the story about naming cars. In the 60s, uh, Nissan, and they were called Datsun in the U.S., set yep. up a dealer network, and they were Datsun selling their first cars were the patrols, which were basically big all-wheel drive. They looked like Land Cruisers. Well, they were building this new sports car uh, in the late 60s, and the president, the CEO of Nissan, was big into musicals. Okay. So he came up with a name That's for this right. car. And they called it the Fair Lady. Well, there was one guy who's a Japanese guy that set up the U.S. dealer network, and he goes, okay, we're selling against cars named Corvette, Stingray, Mustang, Barracuda, Camaro, Javelin. I don't know if the Fair Lady is really quite a macho enough name, but, you know, the Japanese are very hierarchically, I uh, can't even say the word right, respectful. So you can't yes. just call them yeah. up and say, this is stupid. So he's like, hmm, well, you could. I'm going to take the engineering designation for this car, and I'll make some badges. And when the first ship came into, it was L.A. or Portland or something like that, he and a bunch of guys went onto the ship and ripped off the Fair Lady badges and slapped on 240Z. Ah. And there are some Fair Ladies that they didn't get the name off of, and they're very, very collectible, even though it's a first-generation 240Z, which I think is a 72 or 3. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. And if you remember the Nissan ads for the Z car probably 10 years ago, there was this mythical old white-haired Japanese guy on there, Mr. K. That's the That was the actual guy that did it. Really? <laughs> yep. Can I tell my 240Z story, my Why not? 240Z? I worked with a guy... Um, I grew up in the inner city in North Minneapolis, worked with a guy, and he had a 240Z. And I'm over at his apartment. It was right... Uh, we thought they were so cool, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, he loved that car. There's no question about it. Oh, those were, those were yeah. great cars. They so really were. I'm at his house, and all of a sudden he goes, what? Just says, what? And gets up and goes outside. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Whatever. So he doesn't come back, doesn't come back, doesn't come back. And I finally go, well, you better go find him. And he would park his 240Z right next to the apartment building because he just didn't want anybody messing with it or touching whatever. I went outside. As I round the corner, I see the the uh, landlord. Not the landlord. What do you call him? The building ma- uh, supervisor. What the hell they call him? Building maintenance guy? Manager? Manager. Uh, like a man- property yeah, building manager. Man- property manager, whatever. He is standing on the hood of the oh, 240Z tacking a for, for rent sign on the wall. Mm. And I look up at him, and I look down, and my buddy is pointing a long barrel 44 Magnum at the guy. Well, you really <laughs> like that car. Oh, my wow. God. That's maybe too went, attached. That's too whoa, attached whoa, to the car. Whoa, 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 boys. <laughs> let's dial her back, shall we? Yeah. What the hell are you doing on this car, first of all? Yeah. I mean, he's literally tr- walking back and forth on the hood of this brand new 240Z. That's Linda, a lot of gunfights at Back to the 50s? <laughs> or not so much. Not that I remember. Yeah, my, fr- my friends don't go, apparently. I will never forget that. It looked like wow. he was pointing a cannon at him. I'm wow. like, oh. Okay, well, let's settle down here. 
I was a peacekeeper. What do you think of that action? I like First it. time in my life. To keep that. But he did love that car, man. That car was fast, too. Yeah. No, Ooh, that cool. car was fast. Love it. You Before we went on the air, Linda, you were talking about inspecting these old cars. Tell me yeah. more about that, because that's one thing that I think that people that aren't mechanically adept that might be interested in owning you know, one of these cars that might be helpful. The um, Minnesota Street Association has what's called a safety team, and they do, they're just kind of sex advice. Uh, it's actually a 16 or 23 point where they just check things. There are a lot of times when mistakes are made, and unless someone with a second set like of eyes... forgot to weld on the, uh, they, the support of an 80 uh, LeBaron convertible, yeah, for yeah, instance. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah things yeah. like that. So um, at all the car shows or just a phone call, you know, you drive over to an inspector's home or they'll go to your home, and, and there's no charge for it. And oh, nice. it, wow. it's just to take a look to make sure that it's going to drive safely for you. Um, so if somebody saying, wanted to take advantage of that, how would they get a hold of the inspection squad? Um, they can go to the MSRA.com website, okay. um, and the safety team uh, has its own webpage, and there's a phone number there, um, inspection sheet is there, uh, and all the things that we different that we do, um, they can contact me too, absolutely. If somebody um, needed to get I'm a hold inspector. of you because they had a, a timing issue, what, mm-hmm. how would they get a hold of you? Um, phone number, 763 232-2238. All right. And both my husband and I, Al's been a safety inspector for over 20 years. I've been one for 15. But we look on the top side and the underside. And um, from fi- finding um, wires that are next to, uh, like brake lines next to a hot muffler. Ooh. No, no. You know, Ooh. cotter pins missing up What's the worst thing you ever saw? And d- don't a have car. to tell us who it was. <laughs> um there was a gentleman that had his car built before, number one, he talked to who was going to be the installer for his exhaust system. Um, and when he was told that an exhaust system could not be put on it because, and this is the reason A, B, C, and D, he went and had somebody put on it, it was not a good thing. Mm. It was not a good thing. And exhaust systems, I think you all know, they need to come out behind the front door. Not inside or straight out the back. That's right. And this one was not designed correctly. Oh, he could have died. And that was died. Yeah. That's and scary. It's, and talking about the exhaust, one of the things that happened with my husband, I was working in Hudson, and he calls me and says, I don't feel good. And unbeknownst to me, he had been working in the 39 in winter with the garage door closed, and he was just going to turn it on to do it, and he knows better. He knows better. Um, but it ran a little too long. Well, to make a long story short, um, police came. He ended up down in the, the ambulance oh, wow. downtown, oh, and they told him if he'd waited 20 minutes, he would have been dead. Ew. So wow, the exhaust from a car coming into your cabin yeah. or the exhaust <clears throat> oh, you know, in your home, you just need to be careful. Probably but, a good I mean, idea if you do at. that to have a carbon monoxide detector in your garage. Yeah. That's a big problem with boats, actually, because... Yeah. Oh, is it? The, yeah. Well, you know, in a car, the, all that exhaust will go down underneath and out, but in a boat, it just stays right on top of the surface of the water. Yeah. And that happened last year you. in Lake Minnetonka. Yeah. A little girl died. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah that was actually three years ago. And, three years ago? Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Ellie Swenson, who was on that, the mother was a friend of hers. She was, oh, a, she was an ER doc, I think, at Hennepin yeah. General. So it's not like they Horrible. were just not paying attention. No. Right. Yeah, we have a caller. 
What are you looking at me for? I'm just saying we have a caller. It's Great. His show. Fire away. Who is it? It's Joe from Louisville. All right. We're talking. Joe uh, works at the uh, Ford plant in Louisville. Ah. Joe, what do you got, bud? Well, I was calling in. You know, you were saying about how you use so many cars and things just become automatic. And, you know, some, once in a while you're going to miss it. When I, when I put on my uh, AC compressors, I... Uh, there are times that I have to go back and look at the look at the one I just did to make sure that I did everything. It, it, it just becomes so automatic that sometimes you just blank everything out. Yeah, I can understand that happens. The worst job I ever had, and I lasted a day. It was in uh, Tempe, Arizona. I was seventeen, and I got a job as a purse inspector at a purse factory. What? Yeah, it was awful. So I spent four hours inspecting purses as they went by in the line, and then I met some young, this is in the 70s, and it was the statute of limitations has run out. He worked in the uh, freight department, and he says, hey, let's go out and smoke pot. And I thought, that, that sounds good to me. Sure, breathe in all those the, leather tanning fumes. It, it made the pot. day. It made the day crawl by. So I totally get the, the, what can happen of your the mindlessness yeah. of assembly work. I understand that's why I always cut uh, people a, a slack when we get cars in, and it doesn't happen much anymore. But you do see it once in a while. Joe, Joe. Yeah, we have. Uh, all right, then. What? What's up? Go ahead. Oh, uh, we have, uh, well, uh, they, they inspect the cars as they're going along, make sure things get done right. Um, we have repair guys at the end of the, like, I'm on the motor line, so we have guys at the end of the motor line that kind of take a look to see if everything's done right. And if it's not, they'll correct it and come back to the supervisor, and the supervisor will come talk to us. Now, uh, there's, there's, um, <clears throat> With the new ones that we're doing right now, uh, I have to uh, plug in a couple of uh, wires. And there was one that wasn't plugged in all the way. And they always, they always tell us good policy to get into is to push on it, pull it, and push it back. Because if, if you didn't push it in all the way, it's going to come off. It's, it's going to register as not connected down the line. Well, apparently one was done like that. One didn't get pushed in all the way, and I just told the engineer that came and talked to me about it. Say it wasn't me. I don't do that. As my thumbs are sore from doing it all day. <clears throat> right now, we're only doing about 225 engines. We're looking at after the contract is ratified, we're probably going to be ramping up to 11-hour days and doing seven, eight hundred engines a day. Wow. Seven, eight hundred trucks a day. Oh, per shift. No, no, Joe. I have to ask you a question. When do you think they'll come and arrest you, like the guy from the UAW? Not me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Not. How about that, Joe? Joe, you first sent that over to me. What is going on with the United Auto Workers? Well, um, last contract, it was one plant that had to report in, and at the time, the. Uh, Vote was 43 to 57 against the uh, contract ratification. <clears throat> One plant reported in, and it shifted to 51% for the contract. Um, from what I understand, there's a lot of strong army going up and going on up in the plants in Michigan. And one guy was pissed enough that he actually filed a lawsuit 
against the union, the international union. And I guess that started raising some eyeballs. This has been going on for about four or five years now. Oh, right. And, uh, there, um, uh, the international union vice president retired like two years ago because he didn't want to get involved with this stuff. And like I said before, Gary Jones has been in office for less than a year. Right. Uh, Wims retired and they held an election. A friend of mine uh, from Michigan actually ran to get the uh, president's job, but since he wasn't going along with the paradigm of everybody, they chose somebody else instead. Because Brian said that when he gets in, if he gets in there, he's cleaning house. They didn't like that, so they put somebody else in there. Oh, boy. Now it's the feds that are cleaning house. Yeah, going to their homes, literally cleaning house. It's true. Yeah, I hate to see that happen. And the auto industry has, over the years, had so many problems with that, with, the, you know, the Jimmy Hoffas of the world, and now this again. Pretty amazing. Well, it actually goes back to the 20s. Henry Ford <clears throat> it does, was, yeah. Yes, Henry right. Ford was not a big fan of labor unions. <laughs> no, Let's he was put not. it that way. He was not. I think it's amazing. Joe, thank you. Yeah. Okay. It's always interesting to hear somebody that actually builds the cars. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. We've got to get you back sometime, and you should get her on the morning show when they do Back to the 50s. Yeah, we should. That'd be fun. That'd, That'd be, be awesome. a lot of fun, absolutely. Yeah. Our audience is... would love that. How many people go to that, roughly? What is your attendance um, like? You know, uh, it varies depending on the weather, but it could be anywhere from fifty to 100,000. I mean, seriously, wow. that oh, big man. difference. That's crazy. That's going on. So last year, <clears throat> we dropped down just a little bit, not that much, um, because the weather forecasters had everybody scared to death. You know, oh, yeah. and, and some of our cars didn't come because of the forecast and stuff. But uh, there, there's... you mean the trailer queens? You can say it. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Those are some people are so particular about the cars that they've restored that they don't actually really drive them very much. They go from oh, place yeah. to place in a trailer. So yeah, we the have vernacular trailer, is trailer queens. Yeah, we do. For so cars. the people that drive their cars around, they kind of look down their nose at the yeah. trailer. Mm-hmm. But you know what's kind of fun with fifties is that we. I mean, it's not a trophy show. There's no awards or anything. Right, it's right. just a family come fun. You know, have a wonderful time, see the cars and. Whether you know you own one or not, own one. Mm-hmm. So that is great. Catherine loves them. I yeah, hear the best time to buy a car is the last is the Sunday afternoon before the show is over. You know, you've got, and I would say, then depends on where they're from because we probably lose about a third of the cars on Sunday because people are heading home. Oh, mm-hmm. I see. Okay. So the attendance drops down mm-hmm. on that. Um, there are a lot of cars that just have windows stickers yep. saying for sale and. Hopefully they have their phone number because the owners never seem to be around. But then they also do have the auction, and uh, he's very, very fair at the auction, too. But, yeah, a lot of cars are bought and sold there. And there are a lot of cars that hadn't been planned on being sold and end up. Well, from what I understand, a lot of the conversations go like this. Yeah, I found this uh, 37 Ford. Okay. You can buy that, but you got to get rid of the, you know, the 48 <laughs> Chev first. Right. Darn it! That sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the really fun thing is the one who is when they find the car and they really like it, and like anything else, if you don't do it, then you go back and come back. 
your car probably won't be parked in the same place. That's right. And trying to find that Amazing. one little car out of another almost 12,000, sometimes hard to do. Linda, it was great having you on. That Thank wraps you. up another episode of Car Selling Secrets. i got to rename this thing because it's really none of this is secret information, but it is really interesting. How about Doug's Garage? There we go. That should that would be a highly Google search term. Doug's Garage. We've never heard of that before. Thank you very much. That wraps up Car Selling Secrets. Thank we'll you, see Linda. you next Thursday. Thank you.